Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. New York is the city that never sleeps, and neither does Sal Licata. From Flushing in the Bronx to the Meadowlands in MSG, Sal sounds off on the biggest sports news of the day. Welcome to WFAN Daily with Sal Licata. Hello and welcome to another edition of WFAN Daily with your host Sal Licata. Please download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what? The F is up with Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame voting. Now, I have the pleasure of working with many writers over at SNY, and I get to get a different perspective because loudmouth talk show host, you know, us as fans, we're like, what are you doing? And I'm going to continue to say, what are you doing with the voting? However, I do see a different perspective when I talk to like the likes of Anthony McCarron and John Harper you know, and, and other people who I've talked to over the years that have a vote. But the voting is just so inconsistent, and really it is bull crap, to be honest with you. And here we are another year. Now, truth be told, I love talking about this stuff. And I love the fact that the writers are so inept because it gives me something to bitch about. I love complaining about it. They never get it right. The Hall of Fame's already screwed up as it is with the people who they let in, some people who they keep out. And it just goes on and on and on. It's the gift that keeps on giving. At some point, you should just be like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. It's such a mess. Leave it be. But I love it. And once a year, it's something, it's refreshing for me to look back over the careers of players who I enjoyed watching growing up, look back on historical players, compare the numbers, see who's in, see who, who isn't in, all that stuff. And like clockwork, the Hall of Fame voters never disappoint. Somebody's got to explain to me. Now, Adrian Beltre is in first ballot Hall of Famer, gets 95%, okay? All right, Adrian Beltre is a great great player. You look at some of the other guys who didn't get out on the first ballot, is Adrian Beltre better than them? I mean, come on. Todd Helton also gets in. He gets in with 79.7 of the vote. Helton's a good player. I have no big issue with him being in the Hall of Fame. However, pound for pound, Don Mattingly's a better player. So now you have a scenario in the Hall of Fame the Hall of Fame of Baseball, what is going to live way beyond us. We're going to be long, dead, and buried. Skeletons with worms. Cr- All right, let's not get too detailed, but you know what I mean. And the Hall of Fame will still be there. And kids, my grandkids, if I have grandkids, I don't know. I had a daughter as I was older. I hope that that's the case. Anyway, I mean, maybe I'll have grandkids, but I might not be around to see it. Let's not get morbid here because we're starting to go down a wrong path. But the Hall of Fame is going to be there forever. And when grandkids, of grandkids go in there and they look to see these certain players, they're going to see a a plaque that says Todd Helton, and yet nobody's going to see Donnie Mattingly or Keith Hernandez. When both those guys were 
more impactful players than Todd Helton. And they also played a different era. So you look at Helton's numbers, you know, not to mention he plays at Coors Field. You can't penalize him for that. But, you know, come on. Where a lot of his peers were hitting, you know, tons of home runs and 35, 40 home runs became the norm as opposed to when Mattingly was doing it and winning MVPs or an MVP. Anyway, I'm not trying to knock Todd Helton. But if you have a Hall of Fame with Todd Helton in it and Don Mattingly out of it, is it really a Hall of Fame? Joe Maurer gets in 76.1% of the votes. You know, Maurer was, I don't know, he was very good for a couple of years. I never looked at Joe Maurer and said Hall of Famer, at least the length of his career, for the duration. There was a big drop-off there with Joe Maurer. So, and again, I'm not even trying to quibble with who got in. At this point, as, as we said, it's total BS with who gets in. But the bigger issue is who's out. How can you justify? How can you justify Billy Wagner being on the outside looking in? I just don't understand it. He was a Hall of Famer then. He was a Hall of Famer last year. He was a Hall of Famer three years ago, five years ago. He's a Hall of Famer now, except he isn't because the writers fell five votes short and left Billy Wagner out of the Hall of Fame on his ninth year on the ballot with 73.8%. Now, everybody seems to think he's going to get in next year, which may be the case. But come on, this is bullshit. Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer. See, I saved the curses for effect in the proper spots, and I felt like it was good to drop one right there because you should feel the emotion of how frustrating it is to see Wagner keep falling short of the Hall of Fame. He's better than Trevor Hoffman. Hoffman should not be in the Hall of Fame, as a matter of fact. But if he is going to be in there or Lee Smith, then you sure as you know what better put. I couldn't do it the second time. I don't know what it is. Sometimes the, the wall goes up. Sometimes I let it fly. Sure as you know what, Billy Wagner should be in there. Wagner's a Hall of Famer. He was more dominant than Hoffman at his best or Lee Smith at his best, just to name a couple of guys. And the fact that he would get that close to be five votes short, I mean, come on, because these writers go through the rules. Oh, you know, now next year it's his last year on the ballot. Well, if I don't vote for him, I'm going to put him in. I I don't want to be the one guy who's not going to vote for him, so I I, I might as well vote for him now and then watch next year. He'll jump to 76% or 78%, whatever it may be, and get in. And he better, because if not, it's ridiculous. Then you have guys like Joel Sherman. And yes, I will call him out by name because it was alerted to me or I became aware of it. I don't know. Somebody told me that Joel Sherman said he voted for Gary Sheffield this year, who, by the way, fell short. It was Beltre in, Helton in, Maurer in, Wagner just short with 73.8%, and then Gary Sheffield next on his final year of the ballot. Gary Sheffield got 63.9%. That's not close. You need 75 to get in. Sheffield, and I think rightfully so, not a Hall of Famer. I know a lot of people disagree there, but you know what? The voters have spoken. They got this one right. But here's what I have an issue with of the thought process of some of the voters. And this is why it's a never-ending conversation, the gift that keeps on giving once a year. Joel Sherman, a very well-respected writer by many, and obviously has a Hall of Fame vote, he said that he voted for Gary Sheffield because he didn't, if it came down to one vote, he didn't want to be the one to keep him out. What? What the hell? And I wanted to use a different word there, but I won't because you never know. Kids might be listening. What the hell is he thinking? 
That's your logic for voting for somebody for the Hall of Fame? You are either a Hall of Famer or you aren't. Not, eh, you know what? I don't want to be the one guy in case it comes down to one vote to keep him out, so I'm going to vote in. What the hell are you doing? What you're doing, Joel, is admitting that you don't know what you're talking about. And you should have your vote stripped from you. I mean, that is absurd. I don't want to be the one guy that keeps him out, so I'm going to vote for him. No, you either think he's a Hall of Famer or you don't. Oh, my goodness. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? And then I had John Harper today, who I love, actually, you know, as you're listening to this, it's yesterday. But in in reality, it's today as I record this on Tuesday night. I had John Harper along with Anthony McCarron on Baseball Night in New York, and they unveiled their ballots. They do vote for the Hall of Fame and have for quite some time. And McCarron's more liberal. He lets everybody in. Harp a little more, you know, uh, conservative like I would be in that regard. And he voted for Gary Sheffield this time, but not in years past. And I was like, well, Harp, take me through the thought process of how you can vote for somebody in his final year, but not any of the years prior. And he actually made some sense with it. He said that the reason why he didn't vote for him in the past is he was having a no steroid, any kind of tie to steroid, uh, Harp would not vote for him. Any kind of you know issue or question mark or steroid use, any anything like that, Harp wouldn't vote for him, which I respect. All right, fine. You want to do that? It can't be, well, I'm going to vote for Bonds and Clemens, but not A-Rod or Sheffield or whoever else. And then... Harp said, you know what, this year he changed his tune and said, I don't care if I look like a hypocrite. I don't care what people say. It's my vote. And he felt Gary Sheffield, even with the speculation of, you know, performance enhancing drugs, whatever you want to say, he felt that Sheffield was a Hall of Famer. Now, I disagree, but I respect at least that thought process to how you got to vote to him now, but not prior. I cannot, however, respect Joel Sherman saying, I didn't want to be the one vote that would prevent him from getting in. So I said, yes. What the hell is that? What, because you're friends with them or something? Like, I don't understand it. One other issue. I mean, you there are many issues here. One other issue. And you can look at, you know, Andrew Jones was after Gary Sheffield at 61.6%. Now, I don't think Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer. Again, I'm more, I would be more conservative with this. You'd be, you'd actually have to be a Hall of Famer to get in my Hall of Fame. Not like, oh yeah, he was great for an extended period. Uh, you know, a terrific player for a long time. I'm talking like best of the best. Like you can't have the Hall of Fame with Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, and Harold Baines. Like there's a significant drop off there. You know what I mean? Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt, George Brett, Scott Rowland. Which one of these don't belong? And then you have Andrew Jones. Like, all right, he's a great player. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. How do you justify Andrew Jones getting more of the vote than Carlos Beltran. He got 17 more votes than Beltran. 61.6% for Jones. Beltran, 57.1%. Now, Beltran trending in the right direction, but again, with this trending bull crap, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. Now, I know that the voters have 10 votes max, and you could maybe use that as an excuse some cases to say, well, I couldn't vote for everybody I wanted to, so this particular year, this particular player got left off. That's why I voted for him now, because somebody fell off or somebody got in. Now I have an extra vote at hand. But you can't just be, oh, well, Beltran's going to work his way all of a sudden into magically being a Hall of Famer. Is he or isn't he? You want to say that you gave him punishment last year, his first year on the vote or on the ballot, because of the 
sign-stealing BS scandal, which I wouldn't penalize him for anyway, but all right, you want to do that? Understood. Then he should be a Hall of Famer this year. And he fell almost 20% shy, which is ridiculous because Carlos Beltran, one of the great center fielders of all time. A-Rod, you know where he stands, Manny Ramirez. And then the last one, you got Chase Utley got 111 votes to become a Hall of Famer. Chase Utley. And you could watch him play like we did. You can look at the numbers like I have. There's no way, A, that Chase Utley is a Hall of Famer, and B, that Chase Utley should get 111 votes to the Hall of Fame, and David Wright should only have 24. Now, I will admit that there is bias in here. I will also admit that David Wright is, in my mind, no way, shape, or form a Hall of Famer. But if you're going to give Chase Utley 28.8% of the votes, David Wright should not have 6.2%. Wright did get enough to stay on the ballot, which is a good thing. So his name will come up again next year. Maybe he creeps a little bit closer. He's not a Hall of Famer. We understand, And we understand why. I mean, he had some Hall of Fame type years. But the, the, the back issue, the injuries, health, it prevented him from being a true Hall of Famer. However, neither is Chase Utley. And the disparity should not be what it is between Chase Utley and David Wright. That, again, my friends, is, kids, cover your ears, bullshit! No way! Utley, 28.8% to David Wright, 6.2? God, it's maddening. But it is fun to talk about once a year, isn't it? Beltre, Helton, Maurer, congratulations. Writers, some of you should be ashamed of yourselves. That does it for us till next year with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, actually, till tomorrow. We'll have uh, another podcast for you tomorrow morning. Make sure you download, rate, subscribe, please. We appreciate it. See you tomorrow.